Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Good morning to some of you out there on the West Coast. This is Mark Furr along with John Pelkey and Jeff Taylor. This is After Further Review with Mark Furr and John Pelkey. Uh, We have people in the West Coast of the country. It's morning time. We've got people in the European zone, (laughs) if you will, five hours ahead of us. People all over the world still not numbering more than double digits, but it's okay. We... We have a, uh, a listening audience that stretches across the Western Hemisphere, I can confidently say at this point in time. Jeff Taylor is our producer, and uh, we have a lot to talk about today. But I want to start out, John, with uh, some things we were talking about before, before the show. Okay, started. fair enough. By the way, I would like to point out that uh, among, among those listeners and or viewers, none of them still childhood friends of mine or family members. Well, you, you, you've now brought that up twice, and I find yeah. that pretty interesting, and I think... Well, because you've created this entire YouTube thing just so your family can see you. I mean, this, is, this, this entire construct is just so your family on the West Coast can see you. I was opposed to it in every way. You know, in every way. You don't think there's any element of this because the idea wasn't presented to me by family members out in California or by anyone I actually uh, know, just an acquaintance from the ESPN club back in the day. And uh, do you not believe at all that this is helping to promote the show on any level? To in, to to draw other viewers and or listeners to the to the YouTube right. to the podcast. Do do you believe that it's all just a vanity project on my uh, end? I'd like to quote the great Yogi Berra. Not only do I not believe anything, I don't suspect anything. So I have no no. That's a misquote. Actually, should be uh, not only do I not know anything. Uh, I don't suspect anything, but uh, I have no way of knowing whether or not this is this is driving. And yet and yet yeah. you're going to go full tilt with the accusation that it's all a vanity project for my friends yes. and family out in yes. California. You know why? Because I know you <laughs> and I know that whether or not it is driving is ancillary to the idea that it gives your family and friends a chance to to see you. Because you were discussing uh, people. I think people. it's a fringe benefit. I think it's a fringe benefit, John. But this oh. is really was this was really born out of promote. I mean, I don't know you don't think about promoting the show. I know you don't suspect anything about promoting the show. But I actually am trying to throw a bone as you know, weak as it is toward promotion. And this was one of the ideas. And okay. other people, uh, you know, chimed in on it, thought it was a good idea. And again, agree to get disagree. What came from? <laughs> Agree to disagree with the motivation of the YouTube. Yes. yes. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Well, I, you're you are wrong on that one. You and, and you're going to dig in like people that you accuse of doing this kind of thing all the time, uh, without any facts to back up your your point of view. And you're going to be wrong because well, this was really born out of an idea of promoting the show. I mean, I it have really a was. handful. I have a handful of facts, and it is funny that outside of Lenny. Lenny Rowe, and if you're there, Lenny, hello. I actually don't have live comments on anymore because uh, childhood friends of yours and family members have complained uh, about us uh, and the, the live comments, so I'm sure that's going away soon. Because, again, I am, you no, know, we're, in the, we're going in to be able to do both, John. Again, we can hold two the, contrasting thoughts in our head. The, the philosophies right. you spew, you need to start living by. 
I just want to point out to, to, to those of you watching and or listening that in the decision-making process of after further review, you reside higher on the totem pole than I do. I'm just pointing that out, that I am merely here to support the decisions you make in conjunction with your friends and but child, that is, that your is by your friends choice. and family members. That is your choice. Right. I go well, to you I, with all of the promotional things you say. I don't want anything to do with it. You don't need me. They I trust you my, implicitly. Right. <laughs> Which I don't. I'm lying. I trust you not at all. Um, but I'm just it, because what you send me would require my watching or listening to myself. And that is something that I cannot. That that's a that's a bridge too far for me, Mark. You know that even a minute, even a minute and a half promo. You can't. It's it's still a bridge too far. Are, are you going to watch yourself in the shower singing to one last time? <laughs> For instance, my wife is yes. For those of you who don't know, and in in in, in uh, an effort to explain to the folks who, who weren't with us prior to the show, which would be which is everyone, which would be everyone, right? Um, my wife posted a video on Facebook of my singing one last time from Hamilton um, in the shower. Along that I'm sure, with, that I'm sure you're going to watch. That I'm no, sure I did. My wife, you know, because Jody said, hey, have you been on Facebook seconds after I got out of the shower? And I'm like, well, probably not. <laughs> so I knew and I had a sneaking suspicion because she's done it to me before, um, because I listen to I'm a much bigger fan of musical theater than my wife is. And uh, so to check off musical theater now uh, and Hamilton, we've, we've touched on both of them. So the show is consistently uh, the same non-sports um, related right non-sports related um but uh she she's done that to me before where i, I was i was doing some uh, chores inside I was cleaning up or whatever and she was coming home from work back when do you remember that back when people had work i don't um, remember that yeah so i think so long ago it's just like what no yeah. i've seen videos i've seen videos of that me actually having a job really the only thing that i've i've watched but um <laughs> She has actually, I've had like, I don't, I was listening to Pippin or something. Of course you were. At my time. Um, and uh, she has actually stood outside the door while I'm singing, not knowing that she's home and recorded that and then put that on uh, social media as well. So I, this is, it's not unexpected that there's now video of me. Okay, but you you have been forced to watch it, is what you're saying. Right, and here's the good thing about it: because you it, hate it, watching yourself. It is it is simply a shot of the barn door that we uh, that we installed uh, from our bedroom to our bathroom a number of weeks ago. I don't appear in the video, and that uh -huh. makes it much more easier for me and much more palatable for me. Right. I, I understand that. And now, remember, John, I want to I want to correct what you just said for the audience. Good Lord. And that is that you uh, it wasn't we installed the barn door. You installed installed no, the barn door. Well, I'm, I'm giving her credit as well. She, she, I know, she, but she helped me a great on. deal. She helped. No, she really did help me a great deal. Mainly preventing Handed you a yourself when something would go wrong. No, mainly, I understand. Mainly it is taking away the sharp objects from me when something has gone horribly wrong. Gotcha. And, and, and which which reinforces my self image of I can't do anything right. And basically, I should rid humanity of me. Um, <laughs> it's it's so, so funny how you go so dark and then you go to this altruistic sort of point of view, like I want to rid humanity. I'm thinking really of the general good, ladies and gentlemen. It, I, I am. I am yes. thinking of the general good. But anyway, right. so the shot, there's no shot of me and my enormous bison head. Um, and so I, it, it's, it's a little more palatable for me to your point earlier. We did receive some constructive criticism from people who just listened to the podcast, friends and, and family of Mark, 
and feeling that, uh, uh, again, that's the only audience we have since John right. has no friends or family. That None. The show. None whatsoever. Uh, what we wanted, what they pointed out was that a couple of times during listening to the podcast, they felt they were missing out on something that was just a reference video wise. And one of the uh, ob- obvious uh, things they point out are some of the comments. And as long as we promote the con, as long as we talk about the comments that are right. put on the screen, I think it's fine. Tom Marino earlier said he'll stop listening because, because it's the only reason why we're doing YouTube or are, are just to appease my friends and family. Right. So he was funny. And then Joe Connolly, who is a regular, uh, listener and viewer, uh, mentioned that, uh, I am, I am George Washington to John's Hamilton, but, Above and beyond that, I want to bring up Joe Connolly's comment after the last show, because I do think that comments that come to us either at podcast, uh, AFR at gmail.com, where you can email us any sort of comments or voice memos or any other, any other, you know, ways of social media that people communicate with us in terms of what happened, say, after the last show. We can bring it up at the top. And I know this is a, a brand new idea, but I didn't consult you, John, because to your point, you don't want to right. be consulted. Right. Uh, but I think that Joe had mentioned that, that, um, and we'll talk about this briefly. And I want to just mention this as a comment that is the, the, uh, conferences, the big five power conferences, two of which have now said we're going to go only with conference only schedules. The SEC and the ACC are thinking about it. We'll see about how it all falls. We will talk about that later in the show. But he said the small colleges, we mentioned the independent schools, Notre Mm -hmm. Dame and so forth. But those small colleges, the ones I always make fun of, the Joe's College by the Sea for nuns next to Louisiana Tech. Um, wow. It's on the Gulf Coast. I didn't know it, where that college resided. It's a gorgeous, I, gorgeous campus. There's I question no the fiscal responsibility of a nun school that feels it needs to get prime real estate near near the sea. But OK, well, the, the Catholics uh, did that quite a bit in the history of their right. religion. So I think what we want to do is just you know, acknowledge that uh, the listener or the viewer uh, note and asked and, and incorporate that into the show. And of course, his whole point is that these smaller colleges rely on that money. And we'll get to that. But my, my response to that, John, has always been, why don't you just cut them a check? Why don't you just cut them a check for the money that they would have made? And I guess the response to that is, well, that's that's revenue that the Florida right. doesn't have or Florida right. State doesn't have because they don't have that entire gate for that game. So that's just going to c- come off of their bottom line. And that's not a very realistic possibility. Also, Tom Marino brought up about the pressure of Major League Baseball. And I want to get into this because this is not a, a topic for later on today, but the pressure of the players what, getting up to bat and dealing with all of the pressures of Major League Baseball and getting a hit, getting on base for crying out loud. There's a lot going on there in a Major League Baseball's mind. And if you also have worry about their family, worry about not seeing their family, worrying about their uh, teammates who might have tested positive, worried about social distance next to the first baseman when you get up there, whatever it is, is that going to add, is that going to get in hitters' heads? In other words, is is getting in that flow of hitting right going to be really virtually, well, not virtually impossible, but f- much more difficult than it would have been um, in an average year? Well, it uh, it's certainly uh, it's certainly an excellent question because uh, you know hitting a baseball there there's a lot of obviously the mental aspect of the game coming into that. Um, now, p- perhaps let, let's just uh, let me play devil's advocate with that uh, just for a moment, Mark, and think 
that maybe all the outside pressures about that will allow these guys, maybe they'll just throw that off when they get there. That the one time they really can control what's happening is when they're in the batter's box or on the field. So I would, uh, I, I would argue that um, it, it, it's going to affect, obviously, different players different ways, but that perhaps the idea that these guys who, like the rest of us, have been so without control over everything in their life, maybe that moment where they have the control, maybe it will be helpful for them. Go ahead and point out what's happening now because... No, 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 uh, no, no. No, no, I think no. it's we, important. I think it's important to point out that uh, uh, one of uh, one of one of the people who controls my fate uh, post coronavirus uh, has has made made another comment about my age, mentioning that uh, that all the videos are on VHS tape, um, and now he's asked that uh, Jeff put on glasses so that there's more synergy for for the for the video. And I think that's just another backhand slap at my age and your age, Mark. And I think it's I think it becomes more and more apparent that um, our joking about uh, never working again in our uh, chosen field. I think we have a lot of evidence that we're, we're going to be aged out as 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 things. You know, we knew that we knew it. It's, it's just there now in the comments. It's a matter of time at this point. It's, it's, you know. it's there in the comments. I'm sure there's auditions this going gen- on this, right now. This Wanted not- someone who's not John or Mark for sports right. host job. Hey, I get it. I mean, I, I, I certainly understand that. There's no doubt about it. To your earlier point, and I think uh, I th- that's very good, John, that you've allowed all of our podcast listeners to understand that there is a dynamic in the in the comments right now that are that are uh, you know throwing you. <laughs> Throwing you for a little bit of a loop. Yeah, well, I mean, it's just it's just so apparent. Kind of throwing you off, throwing you off your game just a bit. Uh, now, now, I want to respond to what you said about the Tom Marino question because that's what I when he talked to me about that late Friday afternoon after the show, I went back with him at that, telling him as an at least as a actor as a performer that some of the, my best shows have been when there's all kinds of crap going on in my life because right. I can just go to the theater and just dive into the theater and yep. dive into that role, dive into that show, and forget the forget the world and and oftentimes those are my best in the moment. Um, type of performances. He Might said it's well. different for a musician. In his case, it's different because there's all kinds of other things going on. And in his case, he doesn't feel that way. But that is amazing that you brought that up because I feel the exact same way about that, that maybe this could help these players because they don't, you know, everything else is so crazy. You know, why even worry about it? You know, it's so crazy. Throw it off. I get to play a game for three hours, for well, crying out loud. I get to forget about the whole thing for and three again, hours. No two players are the same. Mickey Mantle has a great story about how he he played in an all-star game with Ted Williams at some point, and he said Williams spent the whole time quizzing him about his batting. He's like, uh, you know, are you pulling more with your left hand when you're trying to pull the ball down the left field line? I mean, do you choke up a little at a three-and-two count? And Mantle said it just got so inside his head that he went like 0 for 30 following the All-Star <laughs> game because he was more was like, Williams' plan. Right, exactly. He was more and, – and the and the Red Sox only finished 37 games out that year. So nice job, Ted. Um, but uh, – illustrating the fact that they approached things differently. Now, obviously, Williams is a much better for average hitter, so you can understand that. But uh, the great Stan Musial, who we always brought up, Kurt Flood, 
great interview with Kurt Flood where he said he asked Stan Musial. He said Stan would go two for three or three for four every day, just consistently. Uh, you know, and Kurt Flood said, Stan, how do you do it? And, and, and Stan Musial basically said, well, I wait for my pitch and then I hit it as hard as I can. And that was his approach. Other people's approach are different. So I think there will be guys who stay in their head. Yeah. Who, who it really has a negative effect on. But I think, you know, by and large, I think probably it will it, that'll work itself out after the first couple of weeks. Um, but we'll see. It's, I mean, it's it's untrod territory. I do want to mention one thing, Jeff. I know you want to um, chime in, but I want to say something else to a, a, a Tom comment about actors versus others who are, um, you know, maybe have to be more in their head when they perform as opposed to instinctual. He said something about it might be different if you are reciting lines and not having to be sharp about what you're about to say. And, you know, that is what actors can do, Tom. But when we we call that kind of acting, calling it in where you just it's muscle memory at this point and you're it's just you're, you're, you're not even listening to the actor. To me, it's the opposite. To me, you're even sharper and more in the moment when you have just left everything at the stage, you know, at, at the, at the stage door, you've yeah. left everything there and now you're even sharper. You're in this actual moment. Nothing else is bugging you in your head and you can actually react in an honest way as you would in that second in the theater, not just necessarily with how you rehearsed it four weeks ago. Well, and, uh, and, and does so. it, is it, is it, and I mean, it's not the same depending on what you're asked to do as a musician. If you are reading music and performing within the context of a, of a, of a group number, um, then you are, you know, I can see you're, you're, you're going, by rote, through the notes. Uh, obviously, you want to bring some personality to that. But it's different if you're a jazz musician and now it's your turn to solo. And you, that's going to be, a much, obviously, an improvisational moment. And it should be pointed out that most of the work that we're talking about, Mark, isn't our onstage theater work. It's, it's that improvisational moment where you and I and have been at loggerheads screaming at one another about something completely divorced from what we're about to go out and improvise about. And we will just be at each other's throat and screaming and yelling. And we did all stress of just, you know, having to deal with either you or I, both you and I have to deal with each other, which yeah. I think is a heavy load for anyone to be at. It really is. It really um, is. So, and then we can just let it go when we go out on stage um, because we are, you know, we are prepared in the macro for, for the moment. So, it, it, I, I, again, this is a long way of saying, yes, I think that will affect some people, but I think there will also be players who can divorce themselves. Of that. Who are instinct-based. Yeah. Jeff? I, I wanted to present a reverse uh, psychology thing about the baseball. And what if the Indians win the World Series and say, all right, from now on, 25% fans, social distanced, every game going forward. This clearly worked for us. We are, we are going with it. And the social distancing and breaking up, not having all of those uh, um, consistencies that you had all those years, which led to what is now, what's it been, when's the last time the Indians 
Is it 48? Yeah, it was yeah. in the 40s. So 70, yeah. 72 years hadn't worked, so maybe I ought to try something different. Yeah, yeah exactly. And that was John, uh, Tom's point earlier about superstitions with baseball. It's like, oh, my gosh. I mean, I've done it my whole life. I'm sitting in an awkward position because I was about to get up and grab a drink or something, and all of a sudden the Giants, you know, hit a home run, and it's like I've got I've to just stay in this position. Right. I, can't, I cannot – obviously cannot move. And anyone that is uh, familiar with that understands that I have I had no choice at that point. And anyone who is, you know, even a half of a centimeter outside of the superstitious bubble that is Major League Baseball thinks it's absolutely crazy and yeah. hideous. And no, no, no. I'll throw I'll throw uh, uh, our good friend. I'm not throwing him under the bus, but our good friend Riley Claremont, he will fully admit this. There was a time while watching a game at my house, and I'm sure it was a Dolphins game, um, where Riley – having things not going his way, stood up, said, that's it, I have to change the mojo, and walked out of the house, got in the car, and drove home without any other words because he needed to change the mojo. And you and I have done things equally as as ridiculous. God knows I've sat in the same seat or whatever, eaten the same thing, um, and I'm not even overly superstitious. So it is going to be interesting to see with these guys in baseball because, to Tom's point, baseball players – tend to be the more superstitious of the athletes. Um, and uh, it will be interesting to see how they do react to this. Wouldn't it, be, wouldn't it be amazing if, like, Mike Trout bats, like, 180 and uh, some guy, some double-A guy just shows up and just tears up the league? And would you be that surprised? I, I wouldn't because this whole season – is going to be written off, certainly. But at worst, it's going to be viewed as possibly a joke, actually. And I I, I'm, I'm reading more and more about not. that, that this is just a joke. Why even have a season? Is that Buster Posey? Does Buster Posey, is he like under an assumed name now that he's not going to play? Are we getting a lot of the, oh, it doesn't even count. Season doesn't count. It doesn't matter. It's really matter. Weird. It's a yeah, joke. It's, it's really weird that number one, if he's publishing under a different name, that there would be some sort of voice in anyone you know that comes out of the newspaper. Well, he's or doing that voice. Is he? Is yeah. he? Is he? So he's doing a podcast. And he's just changing his voice and, and giving ah, his opinion. This is Nestor Hosey, uh, not Buster Pope. You know, it'd be that whole thing, and you know, so he's wow. the one saying it's just a joke. No, but I'm Nick Markakis, they're all getting together. I am reading that. I'm reading that, uh, you know, and Tommy doesn't think it's going to go more than 30 days because of all the different problems that, that are going to happen and people are going to have to either cancel games or reboot on certain things. And after a while, they're just going to throw their hands up in the air. Now, th- these are worst case scenarios. Sure. But even the best case scenario, it's going to be, you know, what the heck, 60 games. You, you don't e- you can't even tell, you know, everyone's going to have this weird blip. In their statistics, as you as you scroll down the years in any particular player, they're going to come to one year. It's like, what the hell happened? Right. Either either a two twenty hitter to your point, and all of a sudden they're hitting three forty. Right. Or they, or they are you know perennial MVP or 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 runner up MVP like Mike Trout, and you know can't get above the Mendoza line because he just can't get out of his head. With this whole, thing. I just, I just that bothers me. The people can't you, we can't we approach it? I'm approaching it as if they play and they have a baseball season. It is a completely viable tournament of baseball with the best baseball players in the world. The guys who choose not to play, notwithstanding, having a, a competition that I'm going to enjoy watching. I don't know yeah. why. You know, that's the thing with baseball, and where I where I really really differ with the old school people thinking everything has to be folded into. A, a, a neat little narrative. There's just not a neat 
little narrative. Well, certainly not today, but the narrative that is so neat for these people you're referring to, John, are statistics primarily. That's what I mean. Yeah. Which is why, you know, why the steroids thing bothered them so much, why the 162 game schedule bothered everybody so much and why there had to be asterisks or at least debates about asterisks. But they're all hypocrites anyway. If Mark McGuire had been on their team, I'm sure, sure all the Cubs fans are up in arms. Oh my God. If Mark McGuire, you know, and, and then they, Conveniently, they, they have to not pay attention to the Sosa thing over here or Brewers fans who are, oh, it would have been us. Come on, whatever. Move on, people. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But it's, the thing, you know what it's, you know what I, uh, compare it to? It's akin in golf to match play, which I think is a little bit more NICU than, you know, normal, um, score normal scoring for right. for golf yeah and uh, you know so if you in other words if the best golfers in the world uh had to do you know i don't know over the course of two months 10 match play events to determine who wins this season if you will as opposed to 25 or 30 pga uh normal events with 18 holes with normal scoring I think that's what the equivalent is. And if you like golf, you're probably going to like it. And it's just a different kind of well, thing. It's the Ryder Cup. It's why guys, there are guys on tour who win right. a lot more tournaments than other guys who are more successful Ryder Cup golfers because right. it fits what they do and their mindset. That's so it. let's just approach this really fun two and a half month tournament which is what baseball is is going to turn into if again they can get through that and i kind of lean towards tom marino's uh uh thoughts that it that it i i'm not particularly confident they're going to be able to play two and a half months straight through without things happening but that notwithstanding let's just look at it as as that and something different in a time where baseball could have very easily just walked away and said you know what only playing 60 games and only it, it just it cheapens the history of the game. I just can't do this very well with it. the history of the game. And in my mind, it's just, can't we just be happy? By the way, podcast people? listeners, John, I was Helton doing, was I'm sorry. Oh my God. His, this is going to be a thing. His now. quotes, Jesus. his air quotes. air quotes. And oh God, this is, you, <laughs> we've got to be Jesus. Mindful. You're going to be free. Be mindful, just the, important. I just like to point out for the radio show. I used to always have to go back and put your stuff in context when you would, when you would non sequitur. So, it's okay. I understand. I understand you being defensive over things I'm pointing out wrong. I get it. I get it. You're right. Uh, all right. <laughs> Shouldn't we have done the progressive by now for pointing out things that are wrong? Here we are 26 minutes in and there's no progressive and it ain't mine. So let's, let's do the progressive because we are ready to do that right now. So all right. Angry. Here we go. Progressive. <laughs> it's just like, come on, man. Come on. You got to dish it out. You got to be able to take it as well. You were doing air quotes. No one knew what you were referring to. All right, whatever. All right. So here we go. Progressive trivia. We're looking for a NFL football player who has led the league in receptions, who has been an all pro, who has 60 plus TDs in his illustrious career, over a thousand playoff receiving yards, led the league in receptions. All pro, 60 plus touchdowns and a thousand plus playoff receiving yards. So, you know, all pros, a lot of playoff experience has led the league. Uh, it, it, it's pretty nebulous, but it is somewhat narrowing. And that is our first set all right. of progressives. And now, John Pelkey, I want to ask you this. You're the Redskin guy and so is Jeff. You guys are the, the DC guys. Yep. Um, 
I do want to start out with this, John, because uh, Max Kellerman of ESPN just I saw it off on Daniel Snyder. And it is a very good point that yeah. he brought up, right. which is all of the polls that I, oh, by the way, have quoted in the past, I believe even on this show and on mm-hmm. previous shows, where this idea that my, my whole problem was, oh, it's a bunch of white elites, you know, white elite liberals, guilt, guilty liberals that are trying to change this name. I'm not hearing it from the Native American community. And as a matter of fact, I'm reading that 90% of them don't care. Well, according to Max Kellerman and the rant he was on, yeah. that was a that was based on one one poll in 2004. And the scientific method of that poll was highly questioned right. and actually undermined. Mm-hmm. And that there have been two subsequent polls where the scientific method was actually done the proper way for polls. Yeah. And it was virtually the opposite findings. And for Daniel Snyder to run with this 2004 poll and to talk about digging your feet in the, you know, uh, digging your heels in for him to just stubbornly refuse to even consider this for the last 15 or so years is, is pretty despicable. And it's like, I'm just thinking, is there something in the water? You've got Calvin Griffiths. You've got Dan Snyder. I mean, what George is it? George Preston about, Marshall, George, George Preston, Marshall. Preston Marshall. What right. is it about? What is, and what is it about the, the, you know, well, the, let me, the Washington D.C. teams. Let me just say, let, let me say this about the uh, the poll. It was an Annenberg poll, and and there are a lot of questions about it. And I think anytime you see a poll which is ninety ten, yeah. we can't ninety ten any question on Earth. I mean, no. God, we live in Florida, and if if you had a poll with, uh, would you prefer free ice cream for life or a kick in the nuts? It'd be fifty one forty nine one way or the other because it's Florida and that's how things work here. So any ninety ten poll is you know it, it, it is is questionable. But uh, yeah, and there there are other polls and and everything like that. And I think Kellerman's larger point was, and it's one that I agree with because I think the name should have been changed many many years ago. Um, is that it, it's it's great that it's happening. I'm very happy that it's happening. But it wasn't pushed by any sort of uh, altruism by by Dan Snyder, who had dug his heels in this. And I get it. Sometimes you, sometimes you make a statement and, you know, never, ever will this happen. Well, n- never say never to quote uh, a really, really bad stick song. Um, it, it, he he kind of dug himself in. He had to make the changes that he's making now because Nike pulled out. FedEx pulled out. Other teams were taking the merchandise off their, or the NFL was taking merchandise off their site, or there were any number of things. It, it was driven by economics, and that's it is that is what it is. Follow the money. Most things are driven by economics. You know, Disney is reopening because they they want to make money. It's not you know, oh my God, we have to give people the magic. Which you know, there is a thought for that. But uh, so, yeah, Max Kellerman, I think Kellerman was right. I'm not as angry or uh, vitriolic towards Snyder about it, because I, I think that's a decision that a lot of owners would have made. And it would have it, it would travel down the same highway to get where we are right now. Um, so right. I'm just glad it's happening. I'm surprised. And I think Jeff would probably be, too. I'm really surprised it happened as quickly as it did. Because I just didn't think logistically, and they haven't named, they haven't come up with the new name yet. Because they're, 
They want to buy up every possible website they can before they do that, knowing what it is. So I don't get, you know, WashingtonRedTails.com, and then Snyder's going to have to deal with me. Um, so, again, agree with, agree with Kellerman. It was driven by economics, but I think most things are driven by economics. I agree with that wholeheartedly. I don't think there's any doubt of that. Follow the money and you'll get to the bottom of every yeah. issue, including including why we haven't solved immigration or infrastructure or any of the hotbed issues is because people don't want to they the don't money. want they don't want to solve the problem. They want to campaign on the problem, because if you campaign on the problem, you can raise the coffers. And this is both sides. And we've talked about that before. All right, Jeff, are you surprised at uh, the speed of which they made this call? Yeah, it took me by surprise that it happened so fast. Uh, but I let me preface this by saying I really couldn't care less. But uh, I didn't think Dan Snyder was ever going to change the name. I thought ownership change was going to have to happen. I agree with that. 100% agree with that. I really never thought. Because, again, he dug himself in so deeply with it. Um, but he wants to keep the team. Yeah. And and, and frankly, if it, if – it looked like keeping the name would have made him more money. He would have kept the name. It's it's just that simple. So sometimes things, the right things happen for the wrong reason. And quite generally when they happen in our society for the wrong reason, it's because of economics. Follow them Well, and frankly, I think that's one of the, one of the major, major positives of the capitalistic system, John, is that if you can make, if, if, if doing the right thing sure. aligns with making the most money, we are going to do the right thing faster than anyone. Right. No, that's why that's boycotts a- sometimes work. I'm not a huge fan of cancel culture, but I am. I, I have no problem with if people say, hey, I want to boycott this. I don't always agree with their boycott, but that's one way. Make, as as a consumer, you can make yourself heard. And the most uh, uh, effective way, I think you can make yourself heard. So people did it. That's what's happened. And to your point, it was a completely economic decision. I think Daniel Snyder just uh, seriously had no choice whatsoever. Okay, so we have to mention that one of our listeners has gotten it right. One of our viewers has gotten it right. We, we won't tell you what the answer is, but we will give Joe Connolly credit. He got it right, which I don't, you know, I, I, I won't say anything else. But I'm going through the same, let's just put it this way. I'm going through the same exact emotions that John Pelkey goes yeah. through. When after I think four, I know. I think I know how and why he got it right, pointing that I did not get it right. I actually right. guessed else because I and I think Joe and I both approached it in the same way. We we looked into your motivation for who you would choose. And I went I with we're one, playing poker here and I'm just giving you tells. I, I went. Mean, that's, it's really true. I went down one alley. He went down another. He was correct. I was incorrect. So there you go. Well done, Joe Conley. And uh, and uh, Tom Marino, his second guess that he has out there when he when he uh, put names up there is absolutely correct. So obviously not very, not very well done on my part. But we will continue to give these clues out during the course of the show. All right. Let's Look, now we have no evidence. People aren't using performance enhancing devices. Let's just be honest right here. We, we don't know that. And we have a little evidence from uh, I know God love Lenny. I know he said he did it after the fact, mm-hmm. but uh, he he did point out that uh, mm-hmm. you know at one point that you had what was mentioned the, the wrong the armed, bowl game. It was the Armed Forces Bowl as opposed to the Sun Bowl or something. I don't no, know. No, 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 Alamo, Alamo, Alamo Bowl. It was another A bowl, right? 
which, you know, the, the people that 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 say it's one oh, of the here we M go. States. Here we go. Jeff, could you check off? Mark has an issue with how many bowl games there are as a discussion point. <laughs> yes. Again, again, I'm not going there, but yes, it seems like I am. But it, there was gonna, there is a reversal at the end of this particular. Why story. does it matter? Alamo Armed Forces Armadillo. It's a bowl game that shouldn't exist. Well, I don't and know. That, Mark. It's the Salukis of Southern is, Illinois and Temple. Oh gosh, <laughs> who cares? But the hey, point is, as long is as a hundred thousand my- people keep showing up, they're going to keep having bowl games. They will add <laughs> yeah, until the people stop going. Speak, yeah. Speaking of economics driving it, uh, we will. We will continue to have ridiculous, meaningless bowl games, so I people love can them. just meaninglessly throw away their money at a meaningless, <laughs> stupid NICU game that only they care about. Oh my God. Beyond that, I was going to say the people that Judge treat the Meadow. United States, the 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 uh, the map of the United States, like I treat bowl games. You know, I ha- I run across all kinds of people. I they say I think it was in Massachusetts or or one of those M states. When <laughs> someone is- says one of those M states, yeah, I think okay. There's Mon- Montana. There's Missouri. I mean, there's a there's a lot of M states. There's Minnesota. There's Michigan. Maryland. It, it, it goes all across the the country. It it goes from the from the west to the Midwest to the to the East Coast. And, Utah, and one, one, one of the I, M I states. I don't understand things west of the Mississippi, so it may. I understand that Montana, Utah, Montana, and Minnesota. It's not are, Utah. Is that my? It is not. There is no state called Utah, but you right, know, good. Fair enough. You know, it, it's close to another state that's out in the West, John. So right. I give you, I give you credit. Thank you. Since you think that it's just sea monsters out there in California, it's just burning down missions, well, which they just did yesterday. I yes, sent, sent you evidence of that. So, so, but my whole—that's my approach to college. You know, and I don't, and I understand how it's so dismissive because I think that about people that say it's an M state. I think, how do you not know? How do you not understand the the geography of the of, of your own country? For crying out loud, that's a lot. And it's a big country. Yes, it is, but it's only 50 states. That's not that difficult to figure out. And there's there's actually less states than bowl games. So I think I every state needs a bowl game. I would I would advocate for that. There should be a bowl game there you in go. every state. I'm pretty there sure there go. is. There there may be very close to that. There will be. There will be by the time this show is over. There'll be 50 bowl games despite the be pandemic. An after further review bowl game. I bet you'll Alaska. confuse it with the Mark will confuse it with the Armed Forces Bowl while doing a progressive trivia much and get much caught because, because, because Lenny, because Lenny, Lenny cheated, cheated. So yeah, that's how we're going. There it is. Uh, all right. So speaking of college football, yeah, Pac, Pac-12 and Big Ten have done the in-conference thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the SEC commissioner came out. Uh, I think his last name is it St- uh, Stanky. 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 Good well, Lord. I mean, it's yeah, just I, a name. There's plenty of people named like Ed Stanky. There was an Ed, there was a baseball player, I think, Ed Stankier, a football player. And anyway, his, uh, he has come out and really, and really backed he was off honest. on any sort of, yes, he's not predicting anything. He's he literally waiting said, for the science to tell him what to do. Right. He basically said, uh, yes, I have concerns that we're going to be able to do this. And I think that's admirable. I, I was surprised. Both you and I, we actually exchanged some texts when that story uh, hit the wire, and um, we were both a little surprised that he was as um, as honest as he as he was. Particularly given the rabid nature of Southeastern Conference football fans, that I'm sure there was a backlash on social yeah. media about hoaxing yeah. and all that crap about it. But he was upfront about it, and I think he owes it to everybody to be that way. 
because they don't even know that some of these colleges don't even know universities that students will be back on campus. And I know that there were a couple of coaches early on and university presidents who said, how do we justify having games if we don't have students on campus? So good for him for for acknowledging that this is not none of this is a done deal at this point. The NBA has had to cancel. Some teams have canceled practices. Um, more people are, are testing positive. So it's it's an ongoing concern. And I give uh, the, the commissioner of the Southeastern Conference kudos for being honest. Also, the Patriot League, along with the Ivy League, are now canceling all fall sports. sports. Right. I'm wondering, um, I mean, we are. what's it going to take? I mean, I'm thinking it's a month from now. Let me ask you guys this. Within a month, because we're setting record numbers for cases right now, right. record numbers. Uh, and it's not just the amount of tests, it's the amount of positives in the tests yeah. that are, are alarming, to say the least. Right. Anything from 12 to 20%, which is, sh- should be, you know, it's like three to four, five, six times what it should be. Mm-hmm. So if in, if in one month from now, we've had a full month to have people uh, play out there that, you know, the, the illness plays out with these folks. They either get hospitalized or they recover. Some of them pass away. If the numbers are what they are now mm-hmm. and actually what they were, I would say a week ago when it was about 200, say a day, 300 a day deaths in the entire United States, which was if, if you're talking about 50,000 cases, then it's less than 1%. So it's 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 getting into flu territory in terms of mortality rate. If if in a month from now, the death rate, even though it has spiked over the last couple of days, it has spiked. But if it goes back down to two or three hundred and it just sort of settles in there and we're getting more and more cases, it's it's becoming clearer and clearer. I would think that there's a if not a herd immunity, there's an there. The mortality is something we can all sort of live with the mortality rate. Um, more like the flu. Do you think if that's the case, that that what I just said, that postulated position mm-hmm. would would be more mainstream than not in terms of how people are looking? So in other words, OK, this is how it is. I might get it, but the percentages are so low and I'm in. I mean, well, I, th- I think it, as condition, I'll, I'll risk it. I'm going to go to a ball game. Type I think thing. as postulated the way you are, I think we will go on with the seasons as they are laid out at this point in time. And I think they're, you know, as of right now, NBA and NHL, they haven't said anything about fans at this point. Right there. I mean, there's been some speculation, but there's been no decisions made uh, for that. And there really no. haven't been for baseball either. It's really, it's really NFL that has come out with some right. protocols. Right. Um, it, uh, I, I mean, I think if that is, if as you laid it out, it's there. Yeah. I mean, I think there would be people who would be willing to, you know, a larger percentage of people would be willing to go to games than there are right now. Um, I think the, I think the bigger question for me is that if things continue along the course that they are now and they don't change much, that the, the, the rate is as yeah. high as it is and the mortality rate, which again is a lagging indicator. We'll know more in a month. I think that's important to, to um, I think basketball and hockey, given their, the, the way that they're bubbling this thing, they have a much better chance of being able to move forward than does baseball because of the spread out nature 
of how they're going to have to play those games. I think that could jeopardize baseball moving forward more than it will uh, basketball or hockey. What about college football? What about the the fact that I think the uh, SEC is going to play? I think the SEC is going to play a number of games no matter. I I, I think if the sea catches on fire, uh, that they'll. I, I think they are hell bound to have football games and have even with some level of of, of uh, even with the commissioner's proud. statements. You don't think you don't see that. You think he'll be voted out or he'll yes or he'll, yes yes. I think that there. I think that the universities involved and the and the powerful alumni and the people who drive that sort of thing. Um, I think um, some horrific. Uh, change in things. And I think it's bad enough right now, at least for me, but um, then I think that they will move forward come hell or high water. Yeah, I do. Wow. And it, yeah. Yeah, what about the ACC? Same. And Big 12, basically. The, uh, amongst the Confederacy. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, Which... I, yeah, I mean, I, I, I go with the SEC because I know the SEC better. I haven't gone to an SEC school. Um, and But I, I, I mean, I think they're all going to approach it that way. Football is king in the Southeastern Conference. In the ACC, it's more of a basketball conference. Um, the Big 12 is somewhere in between, I guess. Um, I'm just going with the SEC. Okay. I, I don't know yeah. about the others. I, I think they'll probably follow suit a little bit. I think they're kind of they're looking at where the Southeastern Conference is, since they are your your most uh, the biggest money making conference and. Um, apologies to the big 10. They really are the conference of note in college football. Um, so I'm just going to go with the sec. I think they're going to play whether it is eight games or 12. I don't know, but I think come hell or high water, the sec is going to have some sort of football season. Well, and I think right now, as we speak, the PAC 12 is, and the big 10 is as well. I mean, they're planning on playing football. They've just told told it about a, a schedule right. adjustment. Is all right. They, but I think things could. Said. I think that I think that if the if the death rate were to climb, God forbid, and that I think that they would probably be more likely to back off of that than would the SEC. Okay. I think I think the the Southeastern Conference is the most likely sport. College yeah. football and is the most likely sport to start up a season that they haven't. They're not finished again. NBA and NHL are finishing off their seasons, trying to crown a champion after they played what sixty-eight games in the NBA, I believe. And I don't know, they're to the playoffs, I guess, in in the NHL or close, getting closer to the playoffs in the NHL. Um, I, I, I think they—that's a different animal. But for a sport to start up that hasn't started a twenty twenty season, I think college football is the most likely, and, and the me. SEC specifically. Yeah. Within yeah, college absolutely. football, the yeah. SEC is the most likely entity to yes. start their season when they were supposed to start and complete a vast majority of that season of any entity in North America right now. Yes, that would be. My I guess. agree. I agree with that. That would be that, my guess. That makes make, makes perfect, perfect sense. All right. Let's go back to progressive trivia. And uh, congratulations to Joe Connolly, who got it right initially. And uh, Tom Marino got it right uh, seconds after that. Let's go back to our progressive trivia. First four clues where I've led the league in receptions. I'm an all-pro, 60-plus touchdowns, 1,000-plus playoff receiving yards. Next clue coming in, 14 years, 14-plus years, 900-plus receptions. Played multiple Super Bowls, in his case, three, I believe. Two. And two. And uh, played for three teams. Three teams. So, uh, our, so those are the... 
those are the clues one more time. Let's go back. I have led the league in receptions, all pro, 60-plus touchdowns, 1,000-plus playoff receiving yards. We've got 14-plus years in the league, 900-plus receptions in his career, played multiple Super Bowls, and played for three teams. All right, that's it. And uh, apparently apparently it was easy. I don't understand why why it was easy. I, I suppose, to your point, John, it's all about digging in. Yes, digging into the psychology of of where I'm coming from, and that's not too difficult a thing to do because it's usually one, two, or three different lanes. No, and we and, and, and let me just say we we both sort of every now and then when you're doing putting together a progressive trivia, you might try to tailor it towards where the conversation may go. Let me just say that. So I always assume it's going to be someone from the Bay Area since the conversation always goes there, whether that's warranted or not. More often than not, it isn't. Um, uh, but, uh, you know, again, I think that, that again, I, 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 the, the amount of the amount of progressive trivia is that are about giants or 49ers are minuscule. That's minuscule. You know, I, I get that. But the conversation always goes. There. That's the same reason why I always guess Lynn Manuel Miranda first. That's yes, always my yeah. first guest. He does, even for like NHL progressives, which is odd because I don't know that Miranda's ever been on skates. I can't yes. confirm nor deny I'm that. I'm sure let he alone has. as an NHL player. Multi-talented guy. I'm sure he's probably he doing a show on skates. Maybe that's yeah. maybe he'll follow up Hamilton with ice capades. Yep, the and he'll he'll be the one uh, dancing backwards as well and skating yeah. backwards. Uh, he'll do the he'll be the Ginger Rogers of whatever happens in that backwards. <laughs> he'll have a and wicked, heels. wicked hot slap shot. <laughs> so. We do have a friend who's actually writing a an opera based on hockey. So uh, our good friend Eric is actually writing. He's an opera. He loves opera and hockey. Natural he does. enemy. Those, are, those, yeah, natural enemy. There's no doubt about. It. No, he, he. I can't wait. I yeah, can't wait. He's actually actively putting it together. He's the type of guy who could get this thing produced. I'm excited. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I want. I just want the role of the enforcer. I just want to be able to skate as well as I can, which is not good. And just rail off and just punch somebody so hard it just injures people that they've yet to meet. I have a little anger. It, it would be it would anger. be odd for a for a producer to cast a uh, you know a fifty six year old uh, as a hockey player. No, to me. the enforcers typically are fifty six years old. They're old <laughs> yes. grizzled vets. They're That's hard right. to come by. Right, with no cartilage left in their knees or anything, and basically they can barely age. Average age of an enforcer in the NHL is fifty-six, which means there got to be a couple of guys in their like nineties. Yeah, that's what it means. Because I know when Ty Domi started, he was in his twenties. So I mean, that's going to kill the curve right there. Right now, Gordy Howe was not an enforcer. No, and he he played till he was what one hundred eighty-seven. 186. <laughs> he retired two weeks before his 187 he, birthday. He, he showed up for the first game of his 187 season, but it was I just to, to be retired. Yeah, so he could retire in a Hartford Whalers jersey. Sadly, they'd already moved to Carolina. Well, and it was it was sad that uh, he wasn't able to retire on his own terms. They could, they had to cut him. That, so that was they just did. really, yes. really, really tough. Ugly. Well, that's what happens when you're an athlete. Yeah, it really does. Well, speaking of hockey... They're yep. not doing what basketball is doing. They're not having any regular season uh, games. They're going right into a round robin to uh, whittle down the 24 teams that have qualified to 16. And this round robin, I think, and Jeff, you can correct me, but I think it's maybe three games, tops, three or four games, and it's really against teams around your area in the standings. Yes. Which actually, think about it, I, this makes sense because you don't want Boston and Washington – 
you know, and and Philadelphia, like the teams that are playing pretty well, are the or the or the uh, Islanders. The Capitals play seven games in the round robin, so okay, uh, so maybe it's seven, and, and uh, it's more but than it's, three. It's mainly against Boston and Philly and Tampa, all the teams that are up there in that part of the standings, because you don't want those good teams to be playing those you know, number twenty two, number twenty three, number twenty four, right. who are fighting to get into this uh, into this round of sixteen official playoff tournament. And uh, and I think that's pretty smart, pretty interesting. So those, it, it's going to be pretty fun for those teams that are ranked between seventeen and twenty four to see if they can fight their way into this thing. And the other teams is just a warm up. It's like a preseason for the teams exactly. that are already in, and the uh, teams that are fighting for it are going to have to step up and play. I think it's a smart way to go about things because they built some interest into those uh, those early games because there are there were some guys teams playing their way in, and it also gives their opportunity as opposed to just a straight buy. Uh, for the other teams, gives the other teams an opportunity to get get their uh, sea legs, for lack of a better term, uh, underneath them and get uh, some competitive games going. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing how how they're able to handle everything um, in the NHL because they announced their plan uh, back, I think, like the 22nd of May or something was when they actually announced this is what we're going to do. Um and then they had the longest lag time between that and when when they announced what they were going to do and when they actually got it started. I thought that was really smart. It gave them an opportunity to have more time to be more flexible if they needed to be. But it looks like they were going to be able to move forward with that. And I, I think it's going to be a really interesting uh, tournament. I'm looking forward to it. I think 90% of that time was meeting with uh, Trudeau to figure out if he'd let people come across the border or not. Yeah. Yeah, and, and they had a lot of plans out there about how many cities they were going to play in. Would it be just one? Could they could they could they split that up a little? Did they want it, somebody in the lower forty eight and 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 one in Canada? And that proved to they, be that was going to be very difficult. They badly wanted Vegas and Toronto. They, they did. Yeah, badly they wanted it. Vegas badly. Couldn't make yeah, it happen. Nope. Could. And, so. and we get it. We get it. By the way, uh, you know, and, and again, in our effort to mention anything that is a comment, Tom Marino now incredulous that I'm only fifty six. <laughs> um, just turned 56 a couple of weeks ago, actually, uh, uh, 11 he days incredulous. ago. That's, uh, that's yep. an incredulous tone in his Tom, uh, question. Really, I think people who know me, not incredulous that I am 56, I think more incredulous that I made it to 56. Because when I first met Mark, you remember the book that I was writing, How to Live to 52. <laughs> And uh, so, yeah, treat my body like a rodeo from time to time. John, you are one bottle of hair dye away from looking 40. Yeah, you really I had to, are. I, I, thank you. I had to I, I, I'm on a spectrum commercial um, that far too many people have seen. It's very disturbing for me. I wouldn't have auditioned for it if I'd known it had been that widespread. Um, but uh, I had to, I had to uh, color my. Oh, no, actually, I'm sorry. That's wrong. This is the advent commercial. I did a couple of I did two commercials in one year, which means I'll never do another one. Um, but I, they made me dye my hair for that. And I did look somewhat younger. Yeah. And I, it was a hair color I hadn't had since I was like 20. I think it, I think it averages out. You got the, the face of a 40 year old and the hair of a 60 year old. So mm-hmm. you're right yeah. there in the middle. All right. It's my, and the hair's getting, I'm, I'm soon it's going to be 1981 Kenny Rogers hair. Gosh, <laughs> cause it's just, when's the it's, last time? I mean, I haven't had a haircut since I've had a haircut since March. February. So February, maybe February probably. for me as well. Yeah. And did you get a haircut finally, Jeff, or did you give yourself a haircut? I gave or? myself a haircut. I, I buzzed my hair and then my wife came in and did the tweaking that was needed. My hair, loom, my hair loom is way too large in my legend to take. It really does, changes. John. It really does. It, and my seven hairs 
loom large as well. It's a defining instinct. I've had more than one uh, woman say to me, you have great hair. And, you know, when that starts, when you start hearing that, I can't can't make any changes. I can't make any changes. You can't. You can't. We are so, we are such slaves to what women think of us. It's just agreed. Remarkable. Absolutely. It's like we're all 13. And here's the thing. Women don't think of us. That's the issue. <laughs> That's the thing. More That's often than not, thing. not. We spend so us. much energy worrying about something oh. women don't even do. No, no. I, I think I'm more uh, a sl- uh, to entertainment producers because I was told to put glasses on. And I mean, I got up immediately and put them on. Yeah, yeah, you sure you sure did. You now sure that did. was just that, he, he didn't really care about that. That was just a way of saying, look at the two old guys. That, that's all it was. More <laughs> those justification. Were, those were my for prescription us glasses. Yeah, more more justification for running us out the door, Mark. I know, I know. I you know certainly don't have any higher expectations than you do, John, about no. what uh, post coronavirus careers are going to look like for you and I. But uh, should be should be fun for the people on the outside to to just see what happens. Slow, not even slow. Decay. Yes. As this, as this podcast goes on and on, and you and Immediate. I get thinner as we can't afford food. <laughs> and 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 the our our backgrounds go from you know these nice middle class things to just shanty and you know could could be broadcasting from like a drainage pipe somewhere on i4 i mean i think there's a relatively good chance that that that, that happens weirdly that's still out. a great internet connection from the bridge at i4 though oh, yeah oh yeah that's true oh, yeah yeah, I'll be no. just standing outside of a Starbucks trying to trying to pick up their Wi-Fi so I can do. Oh, I don't know, Mark. I really think that the angels can. Uh... <laughs> yes, okay. We... As if we would still be so you know tied to this idea that we have to sort of have a throw a bone to sports. I right. have gotten people, yes, mostly my family members, who say. They love when we're talking about Hamilton. They love when we're talking about history. They love when we're talking about anything but sports. And then all of a sudden it's sports and she goes, and, and my sister just goes, ah, this is just boring. I'm going to turn it off. I'm just going to turn well, it off. Well, and and so, again, we'll get off of sports real quick. Yeah, we're no, we're not going to stay there that long. For no, God's hang sake. in there, Lauren. Hang in there. Hang in there with us. All right, let's go back to progressive final three clues. We're going to go back to give you all of the uh, initial clues. First, let's do that. I have led the league in receptions, all pro, 60-plus touchdowns, 1,000-plus receiving yards. Those are the first four clues. Second four clues, played 14-plus years in the league, 90-plus receptions, played multiple Super Bowls, played for three teams. Final four clues, 1980 all-rookie team, 60-plus playoff receptions. I'm a Hall of Famer, and I played with Randall Cunningham and Boomer Esiason. And uh, I'm going to add this in case people are still trying to figure this out who are just listening to the podcast. Uh, I'm going to add this. He went to a school that is now in the ACC, but it was, correct me if I'm wrong, John, was in the Big East prior to that. Is that correct? That is correct. That is correct. All right. So there it is. Those are your 12, actually 13 clues for our progressive trivia that was immediately guessed in the first four clues. Yep. And uh, that's where Absolutely. I'm at. All right. So I want to uh, talk briefly now about our deep dive coming up on Friday, John. Yeah. Our deep dive coming up on Friday is um, pretty, 
pretty fun, I think, because not only is it going to talk about an iconic moment in baseball history, not only is it going to talk about a great story of redemption in, 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 in life, not just baseball history, right. not only is it going to you know, be a great underdog story, but it's also going to be against a backdrop of a, uh, a country in turmoil and a year that, uh, while not as obviously not as tumultuous as the prior year in 68, certainly had a lot of cultural iconic things happen in it. So to me, I think, uh, it, it, it will have a little bit for everyone, this deep dive. Well, I think a wider sweep. Even people that don't understand sports or baseball. I think a wider sweep of cultural <laughs> significance than even 1968, uh, because we will be diving into the, the 1969 New York Mets. And while 1968, the cultural upheaval was the story, 1969 had man on the moon. It had the, the NFL <laughs> upset in January of that year that really kind of pushed the league into the, the massive yep. uh favored sport because prior prior to the 60s really baseball was was the biggest sport in the world or in in the country and football surpassed it and a lot of reasons were the jets upsetting uh the colts in 69 so you also had woodstock in 1969 um you had an inauguration of richard nixon which really changed uh the trajectory of the country in many ways and on top of that you had this team the 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 new york mets that for the first six years, the first five years, excuse me, I believe it is, of their uh, of their existence, averaged 108 losses a year. They averaged 108 losses. 108 losses a year. They lost 120 their first season. They did. They did. They that were the worst just... team in the history of baseball, 42 and 120. <clears throat> and still. Um, they never the lost day. under 100. In that period of time, only one year did they lose under 100 games, and I think they lost like 98 one year. They never finished in, in at a time uh, prior to 1969 where it was just um, uh, the American League and the National League. There weren't any division play. You just won the pennant regular season. They never finished better than ninth in a 10-team uh, not a division, but League, yeah, yeah, never never finished better than ninth in in a, in a league of ten teams. Um, the, the the historic ineptitude of the Mets, <clears throat> but Remarkable. they were but they were the most popular baseball team in New York during that entire period. They outdrew the Yankees even in the 120 loss season. They outdrew the Yankees. So we're going to talk about obviously the cultural uh, upheaval of the time, the Mets themselves. We're going to talk about Robert Moses and how the New York of today became the New York of today and how um, his decisions on on roads and bridges versus um, public transportation drove both the Dodgers and the Giants to the West Coast and uh, laid the groundwork for there to be the New York Mets. And uh, also uh, let everybody know that uh, if they want to know more about Robert Moses, the fictionalized character of Robert Moses appears in the film Motherless Brooklyn, which is a movie that I highly recommend. And the Alec Baldwin character in that is really based on Robert Moses. But Robert Moses's decision to uh, a a number of decisions uh, really pushed the O'Malley's to move the Dodgers to uh, to Los Angeles and the Giants followed suit there so that New York, which had two National Leagues and an American League team, all of a sudden just had one American League team. So that opened up the idea for the Mets um, 
So we'll talk about all of that stuff. It's 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 a it's a fascinating story. I've watched in total the the total broadcast of every single one of that five game series in 1969. I've watched it all. Wow. I've watched it all. Nice. I've watched. Nice. Yeah, I watched the the whole thing. It's fascinating. Um, and uh, how about the divisional series against the Atlanta Braves? I, I, you know, I've only watched the highlights of that divisional series, but that's the other thing about in '69, and hopefully we'll have an opportunity to uh, to talk about that. And Lenny Rowe commenting possibly the greatest final six weeks of a season, and that is absolutely correct. Um, but how good the National League West was at that time? And of course, Mark, oh, yeah. you would know. You were nine years old in 1969, so you're right yep. in the sweet spot for that. That was an amazing Giants team. That was a great great uh, uh, Dodgers. It was a good Dodgers team at, at that period of time. Too. And, the, and the Reds were coming on. The Reds, the Reds were, were about to make their move. They were. The Reds were about to step into the limelight. And then uh, and then the, uh, uh, the Giants, Braves, Dodgers, Reds. It was, it was probably the most uh, competitive division in baseball. Whereas the American League West were exactly the opposite. Uh, because they had two expansion teams, the Seattle Pilots and the Kansas City Royals in 1969. Um, it's just great. And then these names that will be, that we will mention that will figure, that had figured much earlier in baseball and will figure much later in baseball. Guys like Nolan Ryan, um, yeah. who. It's so interesting though. Yeah. I mean, he, he wasn't. What was he a reliever? I think he maybe made, made one spot start starter and reliever. Uh, yeah, spot starter and reliever had most of his success in the series as a relief pitcher. Yeah, and so he's not an afterthought. He's obviously part of the team, but he wasn't a major necessarily part of the team. And to your point earlier, th- there was so many lineups and s- there was so many so much platooning with the New York Mets. There wasn't any real star of the team outside of maybe Tom Seaver. Seaver, Seaver would be Seaver was the big name on that team. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Seaver was the guy. Um Jerry Kuzman was a good pitcher. Yeah. Um, but he was not, you know Jerry Kuzman on the Baltimore Oriole team that lost to the Mets in five games, Kuzman would have been the fifth starter. And that's the point too. Not only is that team loaded, that Baltimore Orioles nineteen sixty nine team absolutely loaded. I think they won 108 games that year. But they have a team stocked with names. You've right. got Brooks Robinson, Frank Robinson, Boo Jim Powell. Palmer. I mean, you've got iconic Hall of Famers on that team, including the guy who managed them. He's a Hall of Famer, right, Earl Weaver? The Earl Weaver is a Hall of Famer. The starting second baseman for that Oriole team is the winningest manager in New York Mets history, Davey Johnson. Yeah, your, uh, Mark Belanger at shortstop was a was a perennial all star. Um, yeah, they they were Paul Blair. They were a, they were the best team in baseball. Most people, you know, Rod Carew, who was on the Minnesota Twins team that lost to the Orioles in the divisional playoffs, said it. He said, you know, of course we were worried. They were the best team in baseball, and they would right. go to three consecutive World Series, starting in 1969, yeah. winning in 1970. Um, yeah, it's just it's just remarkable. And then, you know, these the ancillary stories, and I hope we have a chance to get to them. But, you know, the manager of the American League West winning Minnesota Twins is Billy Martin. Right. So, you know, right. the managers involved in the uh, in the American League at that point in time, Earl Weaver, Billy Martin, Dick Williams are, are the guys who will be the managers of note in the American League, really, through that through that 
the whole decade of the 70s. No doubt about it. No it's doubt just, about it's it. Just, it's just a, it's a great story. And, and again, they, they are still, in American sports, the, it's the largest uh, upset championship of any, of any team. And I don't even think you've gotten to how New York was the sort of the epicenter of sports that year as well. You mentioned the the upset for, for the Jets, but the Knicks as well. Yeah, and uh, it was a very special time to be in New York. While and New York itself, not though, necessarily a special time to be in New York. Right, that's what I was going. New York itself was was in a steady decline that it had been going through for about a decade at that point in time. You know why, John? You know why? Why, Mark? Democratic mayors. <laughs> You got a smile out of Jeff. Uh, Evidence is there. So, uh, all right, I can't wait. I'm I'm going to be spending a lot of time promoing. Uh, John won't, but I'll I'll do what I can uh, promoting this deep dive because I can't wait. It's going to be a lot of fun, and we're going to try and uh, mess with some visual aids as well. If you can catch us on YouTube, get some some pictures and perhaps even some video. No, and you'll find out why Gil Hodges is the most important person of every single person that I'll mention during. I love my discussion that. of the 69 Mets because it really I can't wait to hear that. It really is Gil Hodges that is the most responsible for uh, really? for that 69 Mets team. Yeah. All right. Absolutely. All right. I'm looking forward to it. Jeff, anything to add before we close up shop here on this Monday, July 13th, 2020? Dying to know the answer to that uh, progressive trivia. Dying to. <laughs> yeah, probably Good ought to thought. give that to people. Mark. Let's do it. Let's do it right now. Thank you, Jeff. You're welcome. <laughs> here we go. All right, let's go back. I guess we'll go back all the way. For those of you listening on the podcast, we're now scrolling backwards through the clues on the progressive trivia slide. Indeed, that's exactly (laughs) what we're doing. Let everybody know. Everyone know exactly what's happening visually. And there's a picture on the screen of Mark and I when we had a radio show. Yes. And I have not changed any pictures or commented on the pictures themselves, because why would you care if you're listening to the podcast? Although if you're listening to the podcast and you are wondering what these pictures are, you can go to our YouTube channel and watch. Yeah, that that is also really something I never did say to the (laughs) constructive criticism that I got uh, yesterday at two different times. I, I never said you know, you could alleviate all these issues. <laughs> you don't even have to watch the whole thing. You could just scroll to the point where you were left out and uh, see what what you missed. It's an excellent yes. point. It's, it's a very good point, Jeff. Thank you very much. I've led the league in receptions. I'm an all-pro, 60-plus touchdowns, 1,000-plus receiving yards. 14-plus years in the league, 900-plus receptions. Played in multiple Super Bowls. Played for three teams. Also was a member of the 1980 All-Rookie Team, 60-plus playoff reception in his career. He's a Hall of Famer, and he played with Randall Cunningham and Boomer Esiason at different times in his career. Who am I? Indeed, the great Art Monk. Who, when he retired, had the uh, NFL record for most receptions, I believe, was 966 or something on that order, I believe. So, John, you you thought there were two possible lanes I would take today. One, uh, you know, a Homer Homer lane about the Giants or the 49ers. You you said Roger Craig to begin with. But you thought the other lane would be something about the Washington Redskins because we were going to be talking about them today? Well, our lead story. I was going to theme it. Well, I thought our lead story being about the Redskins, there was a possibility that you could go with a Redskin uh, choice. But I thought when you led with receptions, 
and that, uh, you know, uh-huh. try to sneak uh, that in because a guy yeah. like Roger Craig, who, you know, was was great catching the football out of the backfield and a terrific running back. So that that was my thought. I, I probably overthought it a little. I, I, I should have gone maybe to a Redskin. Uh, and we won't call them that anymore to a Washington football to player. a Washington football. By the way, team. Can I ask one question of both of you? Yes, do yeah. you have, uh, particularly get Jeff's opinion on this, do you have a favored name? I, I don't have a favorite name, but I do say that the, the Code Talkers was suggested today. I kind of dig that. Staying mm-hmm. in the vein, and, uh, and, and it's, it doesn't roll off the tongue that great, but mm-hmm. I like yeah, it. So, yeah, difficult. Red Wolves is getting some... Uh, I saw some, Red Wolves. War- Warriors is my favorite name that they're... It is, but they've said that they were going to do away with the Native American uh, imagery as well, so I don't know if that is... I, I don't know if that's just... Uh, uh, referring to the helmet sticker now and that, or if they meant they were going to pull away completely from anything that would, would feel like a native American name. Well, let me say in the vein of the show and say that the uh, golden state does not use any, uh, right. uh, any of that imagery. Right. So it is certainly possible that they would go with warriors. I had said earlier that I thought that would be an easy fix and they could go back to the spears on the helmet, but apparently that's not what, th- what they want to go to. Uh, red wolves, red tails are, are very popular. Uh, right now bullets is available I, <laughs> does you know how i, I had an like issue with Washington that name wizard. i mean i know you had a, 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 an issue with the change from bullets to wizards but i have more of an issue with washington wizards the alliteration of ww well you know yeah, there's so washington warriors would sound kind of weird to me there was some history to the wizards name there were there had been like a, a, a some sort of ancillary professional or semi-professional league that there was a Washington Wizards team. My biggest issue with uh, when they made that change was they went away from the name and then they went completely away from the color scheme and everything, which now they've gone back to. And I like the Wizards going back to the old Bullets jerseys. I think that looks better and it's easier for me to get behind it. Um, but uh, they, they, again, they're apparently the, the Washington Generals, I think, is, is the best. I would have no problem. That with would that be whatsoever. awesome. I would have no problem with that. whatsoever. that's Joe Connolly's uh, um, name that he's still sticking with. Lenny, the Washington Football Club. There I was a great that. onion article that said uh, Washington Redskins have have now committed to changing their name. The new name, name will be the D.C. Redskins. I know. I, so <laughs> I, thought, I love that. That was one of I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> I, I enjoyed that, but uh, the DC Redskins is just classic. So you don't like uh, you don't you don't like the alliteration, Mark? Because a lot of teams I like don't... Los Angeles Lakers. There's no lake within a light year of Los Angeles, and uh, but Lakers nice. fit because they came from Minneapolis, which is a land of a lot of lakes, and Lakers sort of fit. Los Angeles Lakers sounds good. It it, it does. It, the uh, L A Lakers sounds sounds good as well, but it's. It's the, it would be like if it would be lost Lakers, you know, it's, it's the thing about the, the alliteration. That's the one word. And it's the next word. You have at least Angeles in between Los Angeles and Lakers, but it just does with Washington wizards. It just doesn't, it doesn't seem as strong. I'm not sure why. Maybe it's the W alliteration. Um, but I like the the name warriors. I just think it's odd. The Washington warriors. It was, Um, it was the worst. The wizards was the worst name in basketball until the Pelicans. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, I would agree with that in every way. I would agree with that. But uh, yeah, I, I'm kind of I, I love the idea of the red tails because uh, of, of the historical significance of that. Red wolves, like I said, is getting a lot of push and there's some significance to that as well. Um, so should should there be some should they continue to try and honor Native Americans uh, in this new name? Uh, whilst not having any of that imagery that's now currently on the on on the uniforms and on the helmets, oh, the only reason I ask that one, John, is because Red Tails would go away from that completely and would honor, uh, you know, the Tuskegee Airmen, right. uh, African Americans, which is I'm all for, but I'm wondering if there's some sort of, I don't know, some sort of need. Well, to- I don't continue to honor native americans well or, I, or at least honored them as opposed to finally slavery. honor them um, yes finally honor them yeah i don't i don't know but again they, they made the comment and it is somewhat nebulous that they're going to go away from the uh native american uh uh any of the visual aspect of native americans uh, losing the word here but uh so i i i'd be i'm i would be surprised if they went in that direction frankly and you could do warriors uh, to Jeff's point, and it doesn't necessarily have to be uh, American Indian warriors. They could uh, Native use the American ultimate warriors. warrior, the yeah. wrestler. No, I. Yeah, I like yeah. that. I like I like I like warriors as a name. Uh, I'm not sure it totally works, but I, you know, who, who knows? We'll see. Uh, you know, I, we are all very surprised about how fast this decision was made. How right. you know how fast it became official that they're definitely going to change the name. And uh, we'll see what how fast it's going to take them, you know, how, how long it's going to take them to uh, come up with a new name. And uh, I, uh, I'm looking and, forward to it. It's and fun. frankly, I think Dan Snyder is going to make a crap load of money on it because I think they're going to change it. There's going to be all new merchandise. And I think a lot of people are going to go out and buy that merchandise. So and buy the old and buy the old stuff, which is going to be highly yeah. valued at this point. Because I have a shot glass. I have a shot glass and a hat. Still, see, there you go. So Those things are already worth a million six. Because I'll never already. work again, and I'm going to need that money. Because apparently, according to certain people, I'm too old. Too old. All right. Well, that's it. Chime in with what the what the team formerly known as the Redskins should name themselves. Go to podcastafr at gmail.com, podcastafr at gmail.com, or chime in with anything else you want us to talk about. We're going to have another free-for-all on Wednesday and then the deep dive on Friday, the 1969 Miracle Mets. For Jeff Taylor, John Pelkey, I'm Mark Ferreira. You've been listening to After Further Review. Stay safe, everyone.